everybody. This is Shana Folds, and I am coming to you live from Tel Aviv for the first time in eight months. All of my lives that I've been doing actually have been from New York or from Miami, and I'm really excited to be here in Tel Aviv. Thank God in my new place, and I'm back doing the news from Israel. So I'm very excited. I see that we already have some really amazing people joining us, like my sister and like our guest for the night. I'm very excited to see all of you guys here. Thanks for joining. So what I want to start out by saying is I am back. I'm in my news environment. So all of the reports that you're going to be hearing are going to be reports that I'm curating from Israel with my team here. And I'm really excited to start doing some more creative stuff. And again, if you don't know, you are on the Instagram page of Shanna from the Israel Daily News Podcast. Now, what we do with the Israel Daily News Podcast is we have a roundup of the top five news stories coming out of Israel every day. And we finish each episode with a song from an up-and-coming Israeli artist, Jewish artist, or Arabic artist. And so it's a lot of fun. And so what we are going to do today is we are going to have the new U.S. CEO of Sharaka. His name is Omar Al-Busaidi, and he is a Fulbright scholar, a future diplomat, if I may. And I'm very excited to have him. He's going to speak to us about the UAE and Israel. We've talked to him before, but we're going to have an update because so much has happened. In fact, Israel opened its embassy in the UAE just this week with our new foreign minister, Yair Lapid, going over there. And we're going to speak about that. And we're going to have Omar talk to us. And he has a lot of credentials, and we're going to share them with you. So now I see we have a lot of people joining us, and I'm super excited. Hello, Omar. Hey, Shana. How's it going? Well, I'm back in my native habitat, so I'm very happy. Now, I'm so happy for you, and I'm proud of you, and I wish you all the best in Israel. Thank you so much. So I have this cool exposed brick wall behind me and my cool new apartment. So I'm very excited about it. Yeah, I can see. It's almost close to the painting behind me too. You know, have a That's brick right. kind of a situation. Yeah. Except yours is much more colorful. So <laughs> yeah. I want to give you a little, I want to give our viewers an introduction for you. We are now with Omar Al-Busaidi. He is from the UAE, very, very involved in Israel, U.S., and UAE diplomat, dip, uh, relations, diplomatic relations, I should say. And so a lot of important things have happened in the last, well, we're coming up on August, so almost one year. Um, but in some personal news for you, before we start talking about foreign affairs, I want to give you a warm congratulations on your new role as the CEO of Sharaka. And for yes. those of us who don't know what Sharaka is, and I just want to address, we have a question here. Is anyone discussing Palestine? We are going to get to that later in the show. And uh, so if you are interested in that, you can hang around. Before we get to that, we're congratulating Mr. Busaidi on his new role as CEO of Sharaka. So tell us, first of all, what does Sharaka mean? So Sharaka is an Arabic word. It means partnership. And uh, the idea of Sharaka is that it was established to bring the people uh, from, from the Palestinian territories, from Israel, from the countries of the Abraham Accords, and from the U.S. together to, to sort of like have that people-to-people -people connection um, and, and try to bring them closer. And hopefully, maybe the solutions of the problems that we have in the region can come from the grassroots and go all the way up. 
So uh, rather than all the time, you know, you see the constant uh, uh, argument or pinpointing on who's wrong and who's doing what, uh, we want to try to find a solution from the, from the ground up. Amazing. Um, and I'm glad that you said that because I receive, and especially in the last few days, I received messages from people saying, um, how could you call yourself a Zionist, even though I actually never do that publicly. But because I run the Israel Daily News, people ask me, uh, how are you for human rights? How could you be this? How could you be that? And I think it's important for you. You've said many times in the past that you, it's, not, it's not exclusive. You don't have to be one thing or the other thing. You can be... You can be for everyone. Yeah. Um, so before we get to that, and we're going to get to that a little bit later, uh, I want to welcome everybody who's joining us. My name is Shanna Fold. I'm the host of the Israel Daily News podcast. And what I want to start out with first is for you to talk a little bit about the exciting trip that we just had. Our new foreign minister, Yair Lapid, uh, mm -hmm. just came to the UAE. And yeah. um, and there were – this was – he. Israel was supposed to make it to the UAE multiple times in the past. And due to COVID, due to diplomatic issues with Jordan and all types of um, political problems, yeah. didn't make it. So now we have Yair Lapid in a new change government, and he just came to the UAE. Tell us a little bit about his trip. He met the foreign minister there. And also, um, just tell us, get, let's get us started. Sure. So, you know, um, uh, the, 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 the sentiment from the region is obviously it was very positive because um, since the new government in Israel was appointed, this was the first foreign trip for, for the state of Israel to do overseas and which was to the UAE. Uh, I guess it gets to show you, it goes to show you the, 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 the vision that both of these two countries have for the region um, and for the rest of the world as well. So when, uh, when they went to set up, obviously, the embassy in uh, Abu Dhabi and also the consulate in Dubai, I think that sends out a strong message to, um, to everybody out there. Uh, I think uh, also to the U.S. about how uh, these two countries are going to start redrawing the narrative or rewriting the narrative in the Middle East. So that is, I think, a very significant step. What do you think was the narrative before? I think the narrative before was always about uh, fear and mistrust and, and, and hate from, from other countries. But I think from the UAE, uh, they were always just looking on the sidelines about, you know, the situation that was happening, particularly between the Israelis and the Palestinians. But now, uh, you know, one of the things that the government has, has said, um, and I think we discussed this before in your show, uh, Shana, is that the government said that, you know, rather than the UAE sitting on the sidelines of the, uh, the, the, this, this conflict that's going on between the Israelis and the Palestinians, this time we have a seat on the table. And when we want to take advantage of having the seat on the table to have a different sort of a discussion. You know, I think the whole time, if you look at the countries that were trying to play a role in, uh, in, in trying to have some sort of um, resolution or peace between the Israelis and the Palestinians, it was always some country from the US or from Europe. And I don't understand... I think a lot of people were like, why do we have a European and American trying to solve a Middle Eastern problem? Well, it should be, a, if it's a Middle Eastern problem, it should be a problem solved by Middle Easterners. So we understand the region. We eat the same food. We listen to the same kind of music, the same tunes. I mean, there's so many things that are similar and including the, the similarities between the two faiths to begin with. So uh, I think hopefully now with the UAE's um, uh, soft power strategy, 
for the future. We want to see how we can try to resolve the situation between these two two states uh, because, you know, you've already seen how the UAE solved uh, the conflict between North and South Sudan, uh, how the UAE solved the problem between uh, Ethiopia and Eritrea. These two countries are not talking for 20 years and the UAE um, was able to mediate the problem between those two countries and this is what you see now. So, um, inshallah, as we say, or God willing, uh, we hope that we can find a, solutions for, a solution for the Palestinians. I think that that is the most refreshing thing that we've heard on this program in a long while. And, um, you know, not to play into the fear, but I think one fear that the UAE and Israel share is the fear of Iran. Uh, can of you tell us a little bit, is, it, is that such a secret that the UAE is joining forces with Israel in a, in a um, agreed-upon dislike for Iran? You know, uh, with, with Iran, it's a very interesting um, uh, scenario because obviously, um, for some people who don't know, I mean, uh, the UAE and Iran do share diplomatic relations. So there is uh, an embassy in, in, the, in, in Tehran and there's an, embassy, an Iranian embassy in, in Abu Dhabi. Of course, it's always very tricky because of uh, the proxy wars that we see that is instigated by Iran and supported by Iran, especially their support to Hezbollah, to the Houthis, uh, to, to, um, to all these other groups, to Hamas as well. So we know this very well. And uh, unfortunately, um, uh, the UAE, and by the way, I have to mention something else. Iran till today occupy three of the UAE's islands. So there are three islands that the UAE constantly address at the UN General Assembly about the, the fact that Iran has to return those islands back to the UAE. So there's, there's, there is this uh, situation that we have with Iran. However, it, just because we have a problem with them, it doesn't mean you cannot have diplomatic relations. There's a very different, two different things that people need to understand when it comes to politics. There's, there's politics and there's diplomacy. You cannot, it's, they're, they're kind of intertwined, but they're, they're different at the same time. So for us, we understand that, yeah, even with, with so many countries, with the U.S., there are things that we disagree with. with. With Israel, there'll be things that we disagree with as well. But it doesn't mean you cannot have diplomatic relations. That's the difference. Uh, so with, uh, uh, clearly, yes, there is a fear about their activities. And in Iran, what happened, what we've seen the last few years, they've become bolder in their uh, activities in the region. So I think now when uh, the Abraham Accords was signed and the diplomatic relations between Israel and the UAE is established, uh, they're definitely going to look into ways where they can counter uh, the threat. Um, Israel and the UAE, it's no secret. They're working and and they've already had several uh, agreements when it comes to security, uh, whether it's cybersecurity or even uh, uh, weapons development as well. Uh, And we're going to see more of those agreements uh, signed in the next couple of years. That's very, um, that's very different to hear, and I agree in the sentiment that it's more important to have discussions and to have diplomatic relations and to have people from two different places discussing versus it being cold and not discussing at all, which is definitely an issue. For example, Hamas, each time they need to discuss anything with Israel, will need to use a third-party peace broker or negotiator and um, not that those people don't do great work but I think that what you're saying is very different than what we're hearing from other people so I'm really glad to hear that that is the UAE's uh, perspective better to come to the table than to sit on the sidelines or to lock yourself into a room so that's exciting now what I want to return to a little bit 
is this trip that uh, Foreign Minister Yair Lapid made to the UAE. One thing that when we met in uh, New York that was exciting for me was to hear about the Emirati hospitality. What are some things that you expect or that you know or that you heard were presented and, um, and well, how, did, how was the foreign minister welcomed and what was some of that ceremony like and what was it like to have Israel in the UAE for the first time? Yeah, so, you know, the, the foreign minister, uh, the Israeli foreign minister was welcomed by um, a minister of state called uh, Ahmed Asayev. Uh, he uh, welcomed him, and then you had, uh, of course, the meeting with uh, His Highness uh, Sheikh Abdullah bin Zayed, the UAE Foreign Minister. Uh, also, the, uh, Yair Lapid had the opportunity to go and visit the Israeli pavilion at the Dubai Expo site, which was really uh, huge and significant. And also, um, the, the, the delegation with, um, uh, with Yair uh, uh, Lapid was also received with young Emiratis. They had a chance to meet with them uh, I think it took place in Dubai, if I'm not mistaken, um, or in Abu Dhabi. I'm not actually sure where it exactly took place, but there was a video circulating as well where uh, young Emiratis presented uh, gifts like, you know, um, uh, that were sentiments from the UAE, some uh, artifacts and stuff like that. So that was presented to them. They got a chance to like, listen to the, young, to the youth themselves. Like, what do they think about the relation between Israelis and uh, Emiratis? And, and that was a discussion that was going uh, viral as well uh, on social media. Um, and uh, I, I think, uh, you know, the, what everybody is really excited because the expo takes place in October. So everybody's excited to see uh, what the pavilion is going to represent. Uh, one thing that's very, um, uh, that's been discussed a lot is the, the Israeli pavilion at the expo says, uh, reads this word, says Nahw al-Ghad in Arabic, which also is written in Hebrew. I don't know what it, how you pronounce it in Hebrew, but it says towards the future. So that's a very strong statement, uh, which I think, uh, you know, when it was shown there, and, and you can see uh, actually the Emirati ambassador to Israel, uh, uh, His Excellency um, Mohammed Al-Khaja was also present at that visit. So he was escorting uh, Yair Lapid through all these different uh, locations in the UAE. I think he got a chance to see both Abu Dhabi and Dubai. And, um, and I think, uh, you know, you, you're, you're going to see a lot of uh, interesting developments uh, during the expo and post expo. That is so awesome. I love all the, that you, you gave us exactly what we were hoping to imagine. And excuse me, we had a, we had a cat jumping up on my, <laughs> no, I, I didn't even see, to be honest, Shana, I can't even see you for some reason. Uh, your picture is not loading, but you can see me, right? Yes, I can see you quite. Okay. Clearly. That's perfect. Um, okay, if good. anyone cannot see me, please write a comment in the comment box so that we can know if it's just, um, if it's just Omar's camera on his phone or if it's for everyone. So um, I think that's really cool. Do you know what any of the youth had to say? Did you get, get to hear any clips from what the youth had to say during their opportunity to speak with uh, the foreign ministers? Yes, some of the, uh, so one of my colleagues uh, is then Dr. Majla Sarrah and also uh, uh, Al-Anud Al-Hashmi, they were both present at that meeting who represent Sharaka in the UAE. Uh, they were both present at the meeting and uh, they were discussing about how they view the future for everyone. Uh, of course, uh, everybody wants to see a solution for the Palestinians. That's, that's very crucial, especially from the UAE. Uh, uh, and, and we hope that uh, either if, if it means that there needs to be a new leadership in Palestine that will take that discussion forward or the, the existing uh, leadership that just has to change their ways, 
um, uh, and hopefully we can end, you know, the, uh, uh, the, the conflict that's taking place between the two people. Um, and um, that, was, that was a discussion that took place there. And, and one of the things that Dr. Majid, I remember, mentioned in, in his speech, he said that, you know, the, whatever news and narrative that we see that comes out of there, it needs to, like, stop. Because all the time you just see this, there's people fighting either the, the, the security forces or the security forces, you know, um, uh, you know the, the way that they treat or handle uh, the Palestinians is also, like, uh, an issue of concern for the, for the people in the region. So I think if we can see the end of this, this is what all of the people in the region, the wider region in the Middle East want to see and probably around the world. Uh, that is something that we hope that we as individuals could work towards presenting ideas. I think that uh, maybe this is being led by people who've been there for such a long time, but now it's a time for the youth to come in and play a stronger role. I love that. I think that that's really exciting and it's very positive to hear young people saying encouraging words about the future. I think that a lot of young people repeat whatever they hear uh, their parents saying. So I yeah. think that it's very important for parents to be careful about the messages that they are talking about at home and yeah. to always try to use non-hateful, non-violent language. And as we know, we have these young people that are coming forward and they can see a vision for the future. And if they can see it, then so many others can see it. So that's exciting. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about the expo. So you started to touch on it. Now, the UAE poured in more than $8 million. $8 million or $8 billion, I don't remember. Because $8 it was billion. $8 billion. billion. Yeah. I was scared to say billion because I thought it was too much. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> So $8 billion went into constructing this enormous expo, mm -hmm. a physical building in order to house the visions of the future for so many different countries. And yeah. the idea is for people to come and to present their mm -hmm. visions of the future, whether that be in technology or science or whatever these visions are of people from around the world. And so I think that we have to give a round of applause for the UAE for actually putting down that cash because it means that they believe in the vision of the future, which I think is exciting. So tell us a little bit about what does this structure look like and yeah. uh, what are people actually supposed to do there and why did the UAE create this structure and what is Israel's, uh, what is Israel going to be participating in? Okay, first of all, Shana, uh, we can't hear any excuse for you not to go there because you're now only three hours away from Dubai. So That's you have perfect. several direct flights to go there and you have to attend the event. That's number one. Because uh, we want to hear your feedback and we want to see an episode of Israel Daily News from there. Number yes. one. Yes, in fact, uh, I think we're going to have to make that happen. It's happening in October, right? Exactly, exactly. So the Expo is, a, a, is an event that will last for six months. It starts in October. Uh, until um, uh, April uh, 2022. Uh, it's going to also take place, by the way, during a very important time for the UAE, which is um, uh, on the 2nd of December, the UAE celebrates 50 years of its, uh, since its existence. So uh, it's, it's, it's a, basically two birds in one stone, you know, so we're very excited about this event. Um, the, the, some people, you know, in the U.S. particularly, I think they, they think they don't know the word expo or the world expo as much as they know the, the name uh, world fair because it did take place once in New York. And um, 
the, the, the expo is a very old event, one of the oldest events in the world, or the largest exhibitions in the world. It's, the first one was in 1850. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, this is a very significant um, um, uh, and important uh, and a big deal, I guess, for the UAE to have such an event, uh, to, be, uh, to be able to win to host an event because we're literally getting the whole world in one site. We're going to have like a global village. So the $8 billion didn't go to a building. It went to the development of a whole site because this site, it's not just going to be just for the expo which happens in some places, like in Milan, it, just, it was an event that just took place at the, in Milan, and then now they're dismantling all the structures and that's it. But the, but the expo site is actually going to be sustainable. You're, they're going to have universities that will establish there. There'll be other different institutions that will be established at the expo site. So it's actually, the, the site's going to be called Expo 2020. Um, or sorry, District 2020. That's what I wanted to call it. District 2020 from Expo to District 2020. Uh, they've already built a metro line directly to go to that site. They're building hotels, residential units there. Um, and of course, uh, uh, every Expo, Shana, has different themes. The theme for this event, for this year, it's about sustainability and mobility. So uh, what you're going to see from a lot of countries, including from Israel, is they're going to showcase some of their innovations and technological advancements in the fields of sustainability, uh, agri-tech, uh, clean tech, etc. So you're going to see most countries displaying that. And of course, there'll be other cultural uh, activities too, whether it's entertainment and uh, performing arts. So we're waiting to see all that during this six-month uh, um, uh, event. That is really, really cool. And uh, I think I'll try to book a ticket now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that would be really cool. So I think that uh, there's a lot of positivity coming out. I want to move into something that our viewers are posting in our comment section and a question that I already had lined up for you, which I'm going to tweak in, in order to tailor. I just want to go back to what we – so somebody commented here. I thought the Abraham Accord would have influenced the decision of Israel against Palestine. Now, in the negotiations, it did. In the negotiations, um, there were discussions about how to manage uh, the West Bank and places that are disputed territory. I know that that's something that was a tenet for the UAE when signing on. So could you do two things. Talk to us a little bit about the UAE's position in trying to create, organize, try to organize ideas and create um, a balance of power in the region. And also tell us if it's possible to both support Israel and support a Palestinian state. Uh, okay. So uh, I, I probably want to start with answering the second half of the question. Now, uh, so Shana, there's absolutely possible, it's absolutely possible to support both the, the two states. Now, I'll tell you this. Uh, one of the things that happened since the Abraham Accords with the Israelis is obviously, uh, you could see all the economic um, and trade relations that took place uh, or negotiations that took place since the signing of the Accords. There's, there's been billions of dollars worth of agreements signed and uh, over what, 160,000 Israelis traveled to Dubai since the signing of the Abraham Accords. That's for the, with the, the, between the UAE and Israel. Now, with the Palestinians, obviously, when the signing of the Abraham Accords happened, a lot of them, I mean, the, the leadership was completely against it. They called out the UAE. They pulled out the ambassador. I don't know if you remember reading about that, but the Palestinian Authority removed the 
Palestinian ambassador from the UAE back to uh, Palestine. Uh, and a lot of those, and, and they also had different, uh, and they also uh, objected the, the, uh, the accords at the uh, Arab League, uh, and they called for an emergency meeting, which, you know, the rest of the Arab countries told them that they uh, support the UAE and that the UAE has a sovereign right to sign with whoever they want to sign with, you know? This is number one. Uh, but the other thing as well that the UAE did to support the Palestinians during this time is during COVID. Uh, there was several shipments of COVID vaccines uh, that were sent to the Palestinians and also aid to, the, to Gaza as well, even when the conflict happened. Um, the Palestinian Authority or even in Hamas in Gaza did not state at all that the UAE presented it with them. So, for example, we sent um, the vaccines that the UAE sent to Palestine were the Sputnik, which is Russian. So they went out thanking the Russian government, but they didn't thank the UAE, although it came from the UAE. These are vaccines that we had spent money on to buy and to distribute it, but they didn't uh, acknowledge the UAE. So it's, it's fine. In the end of the day, our target is not the leadership. Our target is the people, because we already know where the leadership stands when it come, came to the Abraham Accords and everything else. Now, to answer the, um, uh, the, 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 one of the, the questions that, you, that was raised about how is the UAE going to support them? And, and, you know, the Abraham Accords was supposed to support the Palestinians. Now, it's very clear. You're right, China. Even if you read the Abraham Accords, you will see that one of the things that the UAE uh, uh, pointed out in the courts is that uh, Israel has to stop, um, you know, uh, any illegal settlements and and, 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 and and demolishing homes and stuff like that. That was that was discussing the thing. But at the same time, we also said that we want to play a bigger role in trying to find a solution for these two. But the problem is now, Shana, how can we have a solution or how can we have a discussion on this when already the government, they pulled out the ambassador. They pulled out their ambassador and they, they're not talking to us. So if you're not talking to the state, then that's, that makes it even more difficult for us to try to find a solution. So it's not that we're not trying, it's the, they pulled out the ambassador the moment the accord was signed. So that's where we have the problem. Again, like I said earlier, we, we have a problem with Iran, but we didn't pull out our ambassador. We're literally still uh, doing business with them. If you look at the trade between the UAE and Iran, you won't believe it. it's in billions. But we still are talking to them, even though it's technically a, a proxy war that we fought with them in Yemen. So this is, this is where it comes to. This is why I said politics and diplomacy, they're very complicated things. For people who don't understand politics and international relations and, and geopolitics and everything else, it'll be very difficult uh, to understand the complications that come around this. Most people, are, 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 they voice their opinion from an emotional standpoint. So when you, when, uh, if, you, if you attach an emotional sentiment into this, you can't think straight. It has to be um, uh, logical. It has to be something that needs to be looked into from a different lens. And if you understand diplomacy and international relations and everything else, you'd be able to see this situation in a different light. Because a lot of the times, everybody else is already looking at... Um, Israel right now, like for the people who, are, who have a problem, as the aggressor and, and everything else, and that they're wrong from the very beginning. If they continue to look at it like that way, it's never going to go, they're never going to find a solution because they don't seem to understand Israel is not going to go anywhere. It's there to stay. It's a state. That's it. It's a state. It's already recognized by uh, more than half the world. That's it. So you have to accept it. Now, now we have to take that conversation forward. How do you take this conversation forward and say, okay, fine. This is the, 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 the scenario that we're in. 
we need to find a solution where we don't have people dying unnecessarily on the streets. And, and the government, the, the Palestinian Authority and Hamas need to take wise decisions to protect their people and not let their people just, you know, uh, facing the authorities uh, from Israel just like that relentlessly. So it's, it's, it's something that it's very, it's um, complicated. Now, I'm not saying that the UAE has a solution that we said that we're, we didn't send in the Abraham Accords, the UAE has a solution when we signed with Israel. That's not it. The, the diplomatic relations that the UAE set, signed with Israel is exclusive of everything else. This is it. We just said we want to have a relation whether Israel is talking to the U.S. or not talking to the U.S. or talking to England or, or the U.K. or not talking to the U.K. That's none of our business. They, these two states found that there are significant and more impo- and important um, uh, uh, opportunities to, to face the challenges of the future, and this is why they signed. Now, everything else, we want to try to support to find solutions for it. But it's not dependent on that solution. We didn't say either there is a solution for this or not. That's not the narrative or the reason why the UAE signed with Israel. So that's my two cents on this. Okay, I think your two cents uh, is different. It speaks volumes. And like I said, it's not like anything that we're hearing from the politicians that we have on our show who are often, you know, working the channels that they've been working for years and years and um, playing into the same narratives that they've been working for years and years. And and uh, I think it's really, really nice to hear your perspective. And also, like you said, we welcome it sometimes even more so than people that are coming from Europe or from the U.S. who don't have to live in the region and don't understand the heat of the region. And when I say the heat, I mean it literally and uh, in all ways. It's hot out. It affects us. It's a hot place emotionally, and it's hot outside. And if you don't really get the climate, that, that's all you have to know. You don't get that's the climate. <laughs> we, we need people who can speak from the climate. So I think yeah. that's Oh, Omar, is there anything that you are dying to say that you did not get to during our talk? Dana, I, I, well, the only thing that I was, I'm dying to say is why have you not gone to the UAE till now? You've already been in Israel now for a week and you haven't <laughs> flown to Dubai yet. I'll tell you this. Um, it is difficult getting set up in a new country. And yeah. I need to get my, my uh, boots on the ground and get... Yeah. And as soon as I can make my way over, I will. And in fact, I think that the expo would actually be the perfect time for me to jet over. And it's always a momentous time because of the high Jewish holidays that come around at that season. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. It's the start of a new year. So perhaps I'll have the start of a new year. We have from Dot Long, the famous, the incredible Dot Long saying Dubai is the bomb. And we also mm-hmm. have a comment I'm just going to bring to your attention, Omar. How could I join an association which aims to encourage coexistence? Because I am in Tunisia. So I'm at 17. We're not going to get to it right now. Although, as you know, at the beginning of the show, I said uh, we, we congratulated Omar on his new role at, at Sharaka, which does yep. exactly that. It encourages coexistence and partnership. So you yep. can send Omar a private message to learn how yep. you can get involved. Omar, you have been, as always, a ray of sunshine and a joy. Thank you for your diplomacy. Thank you for your professionalism. Thank you for your balance. And uh, hope to have you on the show again. I can't wait. It's an honor for me. I told you, like, we can do this every week. I wish I could be a guest every week. I love it.
Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Again, to everyone who's joining us, I'm Shanna Folds from the Israel Daily News Podcast. You can hear our show on Google, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts, you can hear from us. We put out a daily show um, on weekdays, and we do the top five stories coming out of Israel with music at the end. It's an it's a informative show, a non-biased show, and it's a fun show because I try to add in all of my flavors. So thanks again to everyone who's been with us. Have a great weekend. Shabbat Shalom. And Omar, thank you again. Shabbat shalom. Take care, Shana.